helpless and hopeless. Um, or are you like super jazzed up and you can't like control anything? All right, a little too sympathetic driven, right? It's all yeah. sympathetic. All right. All of it. So literally, it's fight, 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 freeze, or fawn. Yeah. And I see that every day. Everybody's got some kind of little T trauma, is what yeah. I like to call it. Just it sends the nervous system into reckless abandon of overdrive. Yeah, overdrive yeah. Complete overdrive. And they all have a way of uh, reacting to that. Yeah. And if we don't breathe with intention, if we don't do exercise, or if we don't like uh, eat with intention and really put you know purpose into what we're doing, and we're just kind of going about our day, you know, you see people eating. In the car as they're driving, going from one thing to the next. Yeah, that right. Not sitting and yeah, and sitting there and eating the food with some attention as well. Yeah. You got it. Right. So if you breathe with it, you eat with it, you exercise with it, yeah. you go to bed um, with intention. You'll see a there's a big change shift yeah. that happens. But you have to start somewhere, and usually I start with uh, how do you calm your nervous system? Right. Yeah, that's an excellent place. So, so with. So like with fitness, there's like we're always working towards be either being fitter or maintaining our fitness. For sure. With mental health, is there like a place that you've arrived where you don't need to work anymore? Like how would you define like reaching? I don't know. I can't imagine there'd never be a nirvana. A nirvana. Just enlightenment. Like yeah. is this or that just you're always working towards doing? I think you're, I think life is a journey. Yeah. Just like wellness is a journey, right? And I think that things will always pop up that will cut like like oh, didn't know that was going to be a trigger. Thanks right. for that. You know, yeah. midlife crisis, yeah. whatever. Life comes at you whether you want it to or not, right? For sure. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's more of a, um, it's not like a, a destination, but am I doing good more often than I'm not? And when I'm not, am I doing the right things to switch it? Yeah. Am I, am I, and the maintenance of it. It's kind of like exercise. You can't, if we got to a certain level in order to maintain that level, we wouldn't be able to just stop right. and then we're good. We'd have to keep working at it each day, right? Exactly. So if you can do that on your own at home, you don't need me. I'm just a facilitator. Right. I just am a vessel for change. If you can do that, then I, you don't need me. I fully believe that everybody should obtain wellness in mental health and it doesn't have to For be sure. nirvana or you yeah. become some bodhisattva or what have you it's just more of a i can live my day and control my triggers and be in self-control mm -hmm. and self-awareness that's that is that's life because yeah. there's going to be tragedy there's going to be bad things that happen it's just how you deal with it yeah being that's equipped cool. with like like a tool bag and we we use this phrase a lot of times is we want to give autonomy to the people who come train here. We want to be there to support them and to teach them, but eventually they should be able to kind of make their own decisions and handle, you know, if, if we program a workout, they should be able to look at it and break it down. Like, how, how is this going to work for me? How am I going to modify this? Obviously we're there again to facilitate, like you said, um, but ultimately it's like give them the tools to be able to take on whatever physical tasks they need to and yeah. it same, seems to map the same same difference yeah one of the astonishing ways i found that it's all tied together is um so i, I do a lot of individual one-on-one -on -one consults one of the things i ask about the person both for the physical and mental health is 
Well, how are you breathing? How are you sleeping? Because mm -hmm. most modern humans as breathers, there's a whole history behind this, but we're terrible, terrible breathers. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the overall umbrella that will resolve a lot of the other issues like sleeping. But then if I ask them how they're sleeping and they say they're really stressed out all the time and they tell me that they're terrible sleepers and they have terrible sleeping patterns, mm -hmm. then I'm like, we're putting the cart before the horse if we try and even work out before we're really dialing in sleep. And that your mental health is um, is inextricably tied to your capacity to sleep well, and the trajectory of your life will improve if you sleep better, and it will absolutely plummet if you don't sleep well, and you'll be spinning wheels in the dirt for forever yep. until you fix that, right? Mm -hmm, for yeah. sure. Yep, there's I, a lot of that. I can definitely attest that because I'm a very good sleeper, and most of the time, like, it's a I super power for you, positive right? yeah. and like. You know, in general, I'm like, life's good, life's awesome. But then yeah. if I don't sleep good when uh, I wake up the next day, yeah, and it's, exactly, like, yeah. it's like, man, I'm overwhelmed. Like, that, stuff's not going right. The like, funny thing is, the longer I live, the more I feel that, too. There's a book called What You Might Have Heard of It, Why We Sleep, called yeah. Dr. Matthew Walker. Yeah. And it details just how astonishingly important it is. And I've probably mentioned this book for like 20 times. On this podcast, so I'd encourage everyone. Shout out to my friend Dr. Matthew Walker. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, that that book goes on to detail just how about every single mental pathology there is has also a connection to sleep disorder, which is pretty stunning if you think about it. That's for sure. So, and sometimes I feel like people tend to put the cart before the horse when they're doing things like, hey, let's get on this med, and then let's uh, let's. Uh, lean all into therapy without fixing our sleep. Their sleep is still terrible. Mm -hmm. When they should be thinking about fixing their sleep, going to therapy at the same time, and maybe then and only then, then they can talk about medication and whatnot too. Yeah, if, they, if they've exhausted all things and there's a chemical imbalance, okay, right. obviously let's you know support the person. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. You know, because sometimes you just need a band aid to start the healing, yeah, to then right. be able to take it off for your yeah. body to do the rest. And it's same thing for things that are not physical that you can't see, right, yeah. right? So for sleep, I typically say to folks, like, what is your routine? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, same. What is it to help? I'm not, I'm not putting you to bed tonight, right. right? So help me understand, what is it you do? Are you scrolling? Yeah, Are exactly. Like, that blue is light that? is ter catastrophic on our capacity to sleep. Right? How much time are you sitting? How much time are you in front of a screen? Are you a software engineer or something like that? Like, what are you doing? How much sunlight are you getting? Like, are right you actually now? going outside? Exactly, yeah. And what's your morning look like? Right, yeah. Because if your morning doesn't constitute a good waking and circadian rhythm, yep. your night is going out in the sunrise, right? In the sunset, too. You got it. It seems as though we've, like, it's, I want to say simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. But ultimately, it is the path to wellness from all the people we've talked to, is very simple. It's the big thing, like Eastern medicine, like basic eat, sleep, workout type stuff. Yeah. But we compl complicate it and yeah. mix it up and try to like... And we want shortcuts. Yeah, right? we, we want, want shortcuts. We want meds. Well, we want it right now. Right, yeah. And what are the things that we're doing to get a dopamine fix? Mm -hmm. So yeah. things like social media mm -hmm. or... Um, fast food, yeah. things that give us like instant mouth hit, pleasure, right? Yeah. anything, and those are counterintuitive, but they're also very addictive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're also doing things like, un so this is why I say everything that I give to my folks that I work with is, what are you doing with intention? Mm -hmm. And start there. Right. Because if you can tell me the things that you're doing with intention now, how do we apply that to other things? 
Right. Right? Yeah. And even washing dishes, you should feel the pleasure of the water going over your hands and the dishcloth and the sensations that are all associated with that rather than thinking about, okay, I wonder what's going on on Facebook or I wonder what I'm going to do after this. Taking a moment this. to suck in that moment you're in. And it's oftentimes the thing that happens, I think, with people is that they don't stay in the present. They get sucked into everything else outside that present, and that present is usually 99.9% of the time very, very peaceful and serene. Yeah. It's that suffering of thinking things outside the present where we really fall prey to. Yeah. It's, I th- yeah. think it's hard to, for a lot of people when you're, you have so much to do and there's wrenches yeah. thrown in and stuff. So uh, similar to fitness where you know we train so that no matter what's thrown at us, we're able to overcome yeah. it. And endure. Yeah. Would you say like, would you kind of define as someone who is mentally healthy? Like, because I was thinking about applying the definition of fitness to to uh, mental health. Would you say someone who would be considered mentally healthy is someone who can remain like, you know, I don't know, emotionally stable or mentally positive or whatever, no matter what is thrown at them? I think it's more of how do you handle the triggers Mm -hmm. and what are your reactions versus responses. So I would say like anybody can be sad and still be mentally healthy. Yeah. Anybody. We're being human. Yeah, you're being human. I would say um, probably someone who's mentally healthy is looking at, you know, all right, what's the opportunity from this maybe thing that's not something I was really actually looking at right. happening. Like, you rebound right? that from yeah. you know, yourself to a place of equanimity. Yeah, kind of going, okay, well, that's a learning opportunity yeah. versus, a, oh, this sucks. You know, right. go down that rabbit hole and maybe negativity. Well, and in the wrong direction. Yeah. Exactly. Because um, I don't like the idea of toxic positivity either. Yeah. Just, oh, well, if you think positive, positive things will happen. Yeah. Life happens right, outside yeah. of our control. Right. So yeah. I, I more try to say, how do we turn it into something else? Yeah. Let's reframe it into, um, you know, oh, the the refrigerator died and I lost all this food. Right. Well, okay, what food didn't we lose? Yeah. Are you going to donate it and where, like, how right. do you turn You can be around? stoked about something about that. I had food in the refrigerator to eat, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad I have that food, right? Because right? there are some people who don't. Right. There was, oh, that so reminds me of the, like, there was a, like, research on prisoners of war and the ones that were, like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to be saved. Like, they were the ones that were up. Wait, yeah, they, they were too hopeful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the ones that were like, this is horrible. This is not, like, we're never going to be saved. They yeah. lasted longer, right. but they still didn't last they were long. prepared for the long haul, right? Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. then the ones that thought, this is horrible, it's going to be hard, but eventually we're going to get through right. this. Like, but that, yeah, that's not, like, yeah, Those were yeah, the ones yeah. that lasted the longer. Being long. a little realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I've, uh, I mean, what philosophy I like that some of the Buddhists tend to lean towards is the philosophy of not excessive happiness or excessive sadness, but just equanimity all throughout. Because with highs, they inevitably come lows. So, like, a lot of times when fighters, they might win the championship belt, right? Well, they're going to be really high for a few days, but then they're known to have severe bouts of depression after that. They're not going to feel fulfilled. They'll, they'll have lost their contentedness because it just rebounds back from that. What must goes up must come down, right? It right. is a pink yeah. cloud that happens, and it's a result of 
high dopamine. Yeah. And then a, a crash. It's literally like a drug, right? Yeah. yeah. It is literally, well, and that's what drugs do. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. Drug. They mess with your dopamine, yeah. serotonin, oxytocin. Yeah. And that is exactly what happens. Right, yeah. Right? And cocaine is 250% of dopamine, uh, more so than baseline. Mm -hmm. uh, not to get sidetracked, but cold exposure or ice baths are also 250% dopamine increase, uh, mm -hmm. but then it slowly settles back down into baseline without um, throughout the day. Without a yeah, without, a crack, without going below baseline. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think it was Michael Phelps maybe wrote a book or did a documentary on how yeah, people that struggles too. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah, a lot of like gold medalists that, who train their whole life and they win the gold medal. Then they actually afterwards they you go feel purposeless and yeah. Well, if you yeah, think yeah. about it, right? Think about how every time, and we've all had it. You have a goal in mind, or you have a set date, or we work towards something. And I think of like Christmas morning because we all, or yeah. like a holiday, maybe your birthday. Yeah, that's a good example. Like. Right? Because <laughs> there's a, so much work up to it, and then you get to the day, and yeah. you're like, I put weeks into that. Or if you put too much expectation, you think we're going to get this present. All this stuff, and then, you, and then all the presents are gone, it's only 7.30 in the morning, and now what do we Right, yeah, okay. But we can't wait till next year. Right, and, like, and then you're just like, now you have a mess to clean up, yeah. and grouchy people, because you all woke up right. way too early, yeah. and there was sleep. no sleep the night before, going back to that circle, yeah. and all for what? Right, right. Just a moment of some <laughs> Very temporary player. And that's exactly what athletes go through. It's yeah. what anybody with a big goal with high expectations have. And that's where I say set your goals with intention. Right, yeah. Because That's a good philosophy. Yeah. Very good. So who would you say should go see a mental health counselor? Everyone. Yeah. Legit. Anybody who owns a body. Yeah. Because there's always something to work on. Now, does that mean you have to be depressed, anxious, whatever, no. But you can always strive to do better and it's always good. I, I like to joke that a therapist is a really good rubber ducky, right? They're not judgmental. They're, you can talk to them all day long and they'll you know reflect back at you, but that's my job is to not be judgmental. Why wouldn't you want to talk things out with someone without a filter? Right? Yeah. I don't care what you're going through. That, that's a skill development, though, too. It oh, probably yeah. takes good use to be able to say anything, right? You know? For sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, literally anybody can walk in my room and I, I swear to you, I don't know how to judge anything. I right. really don't. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's uh, something you get from therapy that maybe you really don't get from your mom, your dad, your brother, your best friend, even. Right. Because they have an investment in your success. Right. I'll say my own personal experience. I spent uh, to get a little personal. Uh, I spent ten weeks. I was in, I was combat deployed quite a few times, and I went to a PTSD ward, an inpatient ward, mm -hmm. for around ten weeks. And I tell you what, when I went there, I was just a shadow of myself. Mm -hmm. I've given up on like living life with any abundance. I came out the other side, and unfortunately, they did try to put me on every pill known to man. I resisted. Uh, I, I mean, I was armed for like two weeks, and I said, I'm not doing this. This is a road that's hard to come back from. I got back to my breathing, got back to exercise, uh, got back to restoring sleep. And then on the other side of 10 weeks, with all the therapy that they had, without me really leaning hard into it for the first time in my life, with some skilled therapists, I came out the other side, a reborn, a reborn human, right? Mm -hmm. Completely new. And I, I highly recommend anyone perpetually suffering from mental wellness, find someone that knows what they're doing and get someone you trust 
and lean into that and there's hope on the other side of that. Absolutely, 100%. And literally anybody who struggles with, and these are the things that I like, you know, when I ask questions about mental health, I pinpoint sleep is huge. And if somebody tells me like that they're not able to get out of bed, they have no drive to get out of bed. There's yeah. nothing. And it's hard. It's hard to get that, that the motivation. Right? For sure. Yeah. Like, and that's it. It's the motivation. And the, um, it, there's a word called, oh my gosh, now that I'm talking on this, it's going to leave me. Um, anhedonia. 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 So it means the lack of interest or pleasure in doing anything. Right. So if you guys, right, like how do we as outsiders for mental health witness mental health issues? All of a sudden they stop coming. All right. Yeah. To the gym. All of a sudden, like, yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't feel it, man. Yeah. Right. And then um, they slip into that pattern. Right? It's gone. Yeah. And now the other, they're they're out, right? Because it's they don't feel worth it. They may not feel like it's working enough um, because they have an expectation for right. something. Yeah. Right. A short term goal, what have you. Um, we also will see people missing work, missing school. Yeah. Um. Not eating well naturally um and substance abuse yeah huge anything that gives them that quick dopamine fix right, right? so you see them They're drowning um, and they just need something yeah. no like no concentration no ability to yeah. like pay attention maybe they're spacing out they're forgetting things these are all like warning signs that hey something's off right so i say to everyone who works with people to look out for these things because you could be a life yeah. By saying, hey, are you, are you talking to anybody about what's going on? And it's not always easy to detect when someone is really suffering. They can put on a, I mean, a happy face and look at you and smile and joke, but yes. then when they go home, they're just numb, right? I've, I've been that person. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, implement, things we've implemented uh, in the past two years, which I think has made a massive difference as far as retain, uh, retaining members here and just having them be more successful is we have a missing an action list that we run week to week and if there's like recurrent names um it becomes like i'm gonna make it my my duty to get this person back in the gym and figure out why they weren't here for two weeks or three weeks or whatever and the amount of um like positive when somebody comes back in they're like that meant so much that yeah. you like texted yeah. me right because like they probably have been in a bunch of different places where nobody right. ever noticed they were gone, right? They just need to be lured back in with some gentle words, right? Yeah, Remember? or just know that they're going to be, that somebody's thought thought of them, yeah. like, hey, where's Matt been? I haven't seen Matt in the class in two weeks, and maybe nobody else asked him where he's been, you know? Right. And probably they've been a little guilty about not coming in, too. Shame. Yeah. There's a huge shame game. Yeah. There is, yeah. And a lot of times it's like, hey, man, this is going on with my wife and my kids and blah, 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 and work, and a lot of the time my answer is like, not not exercising will only exacerbate, and they know it, right? Not exercising yeah. will only exacerbate whatever issue you're dealing oh, yeah. with. So come in, you're going to feel lighter after, and you know that there, anyway. There's a book, I, I probably also mentioned, called Spark by a Harvard MD and psychologist, or psychiatrist, I mean. Uh, have you heard of this book? Yeah. Spark talks about, um, well, the, we all know the physical benefits of exercise, right? But in actuality, they pale in comparison to the mental benefits. You're, you're a smarter human, your cognitive functioning is higher, your mental well-being is extraordinarily higher, even to the extent of which there was, this is really, really cool, there was a, a school in some part of America, I believe, that was near last in the world across all subjects in the curriculum, and they only implemented one change, which was this, where they, they did an exercise program based off of heart rate, 
and they had them do it regularly before school with no curriculum changes, and it skyrocketed them from near last in the world to near first or first in the world across all subjects, which is pretty astonishing if you think about that. Nothing changing with how they teach. Yeah. It's just the exercise that it. Mm. Right. Well, then, well, if you think about it, right? If you think about a kid, hi, I'm a mom, yeah. going into school, what is their transition look like before they get to that school? Hurry up, let's yeah. go. What are you right. doing? They're stressed out all day. Yeah. Did you get your lunch? What? Yeah. They're waking up too early, right? For for an adolescent or for a uh, child. Yeah. Did yeah. they Did they get good sleep? Right. But again, I'm gonna bring it back. But then you, that's what they woke up to. Yeah. Now you're walking in. Do you feel that tension? All tension. Though, I yeah, feel it right. in my inner child. Yeah, like, I can remember the tension. Yeah. And you know, you end up like with this. Now I'm supposed to learn and sit yeah. and pay attention to you? I don't even like you. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah. Who the hell are I you? I don't like anyone. I don't like any of you, right? Like, and now I'm mad. Right. And so you end up with this whole thing. A little rebellious, yeah. So what happens when you exercise? Tension release. Exactly. A cortisol dump. Yeah. Exactly. Cortisol actually increases your blood sugar levels, too. Yeah. So then what do you want? I just want that chocolate. I would love that pizza. I would love to have those french fries. Thank you instead of taking care of yourself and that's another dopamine fix because of how much cortisol yeah. they have pumping through them because of how they just left the house right yeah Duh. it's a cyclical cycle so where do you start so basically what that exercise program was doing was just saying we know life probably wasn't the greatest right before you walked in right. because of all the tension and it's not saying parents are doing a bad job it's just this is that's our rat right here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The system that we're stuck in, right? That's where we're in. And we gotta make a decision on how to switch that up. But for right now, how does a school system support it? Let's give them an outlet. A right. positive one. Yeah. Right from the get go. Because now their cortisol levels are lower, they can maybe appreciate that teacher instead of just right. not like them for whatever reason or that bully or what yeah. have you. I relationships curious. are better. I would be curious if their bullying went down. I would imagine. I would imagine so. I would almost put money on. I would right. put money on it, right? Because right. yeah, their sure, aggression yeah. and their pent up whatever is now lower. Yeah. So what can we do, right, for our mental health and how physical health, right? It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are another example. Like that was one of the biggest revolutions I had was, was from having kids. Is I realized like probably before I opened the gym, maybe a little at the beginning, it was like waking up in the morning. I was like, uh, like I don't want to face the day kind of thing, and then. Mm -hmm. I kind of developed some purpose when I opened the gym and I started looking forward to waking up in the morning and then I had kids and then it was like I'm excited to see them and yeah. I am even more excited to wake up in the morning um, and then you look at kids and they're like every morning they wake up and they're like they're eager yes, for life yeah. <laughs> they literally yeah. do yeah. love life yeah. I'm like how do I embody yeah. that right. yeah. we should all be a little more childlike right, right. Yeah. So we kind of like, I, I think a lot of people lose that rather oh, than Oh, for like, sure, life beats us think, now. Yeah, but I, I, that's kind of become a goal. Like, I, if I can arrive at a place where I'm a, as excited to wake up as my yeah. three-year-old. Right. Like, <laughs> You're doing pretty good at yeah. life. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Like, I have a two-year-old and I have a ten-year-old, and I can definitely see there's been a shift. My ten-year-old yeah. definitely doesn't wake up with that zest. Yeah. So there is definitely yeah, a place right. for that, you know, right? Fifteen-year-olds would be super man. <laughs> like they, like I've never seen the sleepier face, and I'm like, sir, you slept for twelve hours. Right? Yeah. yeah. But how many screens is he on? Like it's right. summer. Like what? What's what's going on? There's a lack of routine, yeah. maybe, right? The phones itself are catastrophic for our mental well-being right. too. I wish exactly. we could go back in time and never do it. Yeah. 
Keep, yeah. keep them on the wall. Right. All those young kids don't know what that means. But um, so yeah, I would yeah, just thinking about you know my two year old who walks in our you know into the room and he's like hi. Works in like it's Christmas morning every day. Every day, <laughs> that's really. I'm like you. Well, and you got to think a two year old. How much have they experienced? Yeah. Okay. A lot. Yeah. They really haven't. So we, as we grow older, take for granted those little yeah. things, that intention and that... And every little content. interaction, they're like when you feel the dishcloth, right? They're like that human that's still excited to experience all these new sensations, right? Right. And they could like stare at a fire hydrant and play with it, and that's fun for them, right? For sure. Like, yeah. right, yep. Mm-hmm. We were watching this show called Down With Love on Netflix. Yes! about like dating people with Down Syndrome and... Uh, yeah. There's this couple on there that's like the best couple in the world. I texted you what, What's that show called? Down, Down with, with love. love. Down with Love, I see. And uh, yeah. there's just this couple, and they're just like so happy together, and they're just constantly like telling each other how much they yeah. love each other and all that. And I'm just like, man, that's like that's couple's the, goals right there. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> because they actually appreciate every moment. Right. Yeah, right. right. They're appreciating every moment, and they're in every moment. Yeah, and that's, that's it. Yeah, and that's, that's what presence. a lot of like the parents yeah. say of the kids with Down syndrome is that it's actually a blessing, and like the kids just bring so much joy in their life because they keep that kind of childlike. Yeah, and even the I mean the group of uh, you know athletes we have here from Opportunity Networks, it's a fun yeah. class. Right. Yeah. So positive to. Like right. down to do anything at yeah. any time. What right. what one of the cultures that I found fascinating? Uh, well, a few of them, uh, like the Hadza in Africa, um, and a lot of the indigenous cultures. They've been studied to have some of the, the the happiest people on the planet, where they're just hunter gatherers, right? But that's actually uh, like my pipe dream is to be a hunter gatherer. <laughs> just do that. Uh, but one of the things that makes them so they've never, in fact, they they uh, they tried to explain the concept of suicide to the Hadza, and they could not fathom it. It was unheard of. They couldn't even imagine someone killing themselves. Mm-hmm. It was that, that that preposterous for them. But I mean, they have very little compared to us. They're literally gathering their food every single day. They live day to day, but they are so enormously happy. Mm-hmm. Why so, do you think people like to go camping? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even outside time is we need enough, and the hierarchy of outside time is important. From uh, the amount of time outside in the neighborhood to the amount of time you spend in a state forest or national forest, there's actually a hierarchy of outside time. Yeah, and if you know? you're like live in a city, there's an actual like energy, not to go all metaphysical, but there's an energy that's yeah. in, in that city. Well, even if you look at Dunbar's number, right? Right. Where if it exceeds 150 people, where our mental health would deteriorate because we're not designed to have that much social interaction. Exactly. So then if you end up like going, I don't know, into Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, or wherever, there's nobody. And then now take a deep breath. Boy, doesn't that breath feel yeah. different. Right. Just without it. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest underlying things for me that seems, I don't want to say insurmountable, but seems like at the core of the crisis currently is like, how do you make your life a beacon of wellness in a pathological society and culture? Like, how do you, how do you exist in equanimity when everything else and everyone else around you is living the opposite. They're living a rat race life. They're yeah. living... Well, it's the pro- standard, right? It's the standard. It's standard. Standard. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's also a comparison thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what, yeah. what happens with social media? You right. look at, you look at, you look at people in, in the homes and the Amazon yeah. culture that we have right. and the buying and the consumerism and I have to have the best of the yeah. best because that's uh, clearly what makes me yeah. feel better. 
but really it's making an intentional 100%, choice. Hundred percent, yeah, really. Really making you that choice. You could be really happy with what you have, but you see someone else has something that you want, and that'll make you unhappy. There's a funny. I went with my friend um, Pedro uh, to a, 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 a backpacking through um, the Cascades in Washington, and we found a good camp spot, but it was right near the lake, and there was other people around. And just down the way, I found this beautiful, the most beautiful campsite right during this remote pond. It was just a stone's throw away. There was no one else around us. It was beautiful. So I was trying to convince Pedro to go over to that spot. We just had to walk just 800 meters down the way. Mm -hmm. But he would not give it up. And the only reason he wanted it, because everyone wanted our site that we had. And it, the site that I was wanting to go to was 100 times better. <laughs> and even he admitted it was so much better. He just wanted the spot because other people wanted it. <laughs> This is madness. Why? <laughs> Why? Don't you want this to read? Right. Ah. Yeah. But it, 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 that is a part. So when you ask that question, like how do we how do we have wellness, uh, well-rounded wellness in a pathological society? It's the choice. It's the choice to decide: Am I going to take in that information or not? Am I going to allow that toxic individual in my life? Am I going to um, embody that message that is being sent to me? quite frankly, without consent. Yeah. All of the uh, consumerism and um, advertisements, they're everywhere. We get so much now. So it's like how making, like seeing it and going, mm, not helping me, yeah. thanks, but no thanks. Um, I think so many people have sacrificed their agency. They, it's, it's just, again, part of that pathology that they've sacrificed their agency to set boundaries for themselves in their the input that comes at them, and the people that come at them, and the opportunities that come at them, and just be like, this is my little garden that I live in, and if you're gonna come in it, don't mess it up, and if you do, then you need to get out. Exactly. But so many people are raised through the schooling system to just give that agency away and have somebody else make the decision for them, and not ever make those decisions, and they're just bombarded by shit all day long, day yeah. after day. Yep, boundaries is a constant conversation. That's yeah, so an important one. Yeah. Boundaries are constant. And it's the funniest thing when I bring it up in all age groups. I work from, you know, personally, 15 to 99 and, and beyond, right? I ask them what's a boundary to you, and they literally go blank. You right. don't they know don't how to define it. it. Right. No. no idea. And that That's a tough one to develop, though, too. Yeah. Especially if you didn't grow up with it modeled. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Right? So how do you do something that's kind of, it's not tangible. Yeah. Right. There's nothing like I can say I have boundaries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's nothing like I can hold on to. So really honing in on that and being like, what is it that I want to allow in my life? So go to the positive first. And then what doesn't serve me? Yeah. And then where does that come from? So I talk to a lot of teens about Snapchat. Yeah. Because that stuff just comes at you. The Snapchat you're thinking is the worst one? That's the one I get a lot. They, you're constantly being um, notific notifications. Yeah. Because they can happen the in the moment. Yeah. Right now from the teens I work with. And they're like, oh, my Snapchat's blowing up. Why are you letting it? Right. Please, for the love of God, turn it off. And I've even educated them. Like, do you realize that you're your eye thing or your device can actually put up boundaries for you yeah. so that you don't see it. Right. And you're like, wait, what? Oh, no, I, I didn't know about turning off notifications. Turning off <laughs> notifications, putting it on do not disturb. Yeah. Um, I literally was like, if you're overwhelmed, you know, put it on do not disturb, right. but then make it, make, you know, for a team, right? 
make it so that only mom and dad can contact right, you. Because, yeah. I mean, if there's an emergency, please, like, let's yeah. be safe. But you don't need Joe Schmo that you right. just talked to at 2.15, you know, blowing up your phone about what right. Sally Sue did to him. And they're not going to try and go to bed at a certain time. They're going to keep you up with whatever nonsense they're trying to pull you in. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if they don't have boundaries, yeah. they're, right. you don't. Oh, the amount of trauma yeah. dumping or the amount of... No, thank you. No, thank you. So, (laughs) (laughs) right? The amount of stuff that could just go on. So, really making that intentional choice. Yeah. I heard a great quote regarding this uh, type of topic. It said, um, people only set boundaries to the extent that they think they can enforce them. So, like, if you don't have the personal conviction that, like, if somebody steps past this boundary or something steps past this boundary, I'll actually, like, enforce it all I'll, I'll push back most people don't have any of that i have a that question agency. for you guys actually yeah. ready um <laughs> well it's it's kind of a question it's what makes you think that people won't set boundaries like why won't people put boundaries up because obviously it's a good idea mm-hmm. why wouldn't someone do it fear of not being liked probably or yeah fear of rejection yeah fear of failure a big one or Fear of that person's reaction. Yeah. So whatever I say, well, so whenever I talk about boundaries with my folks, it's always and it's this like, like little glimmer of if the if you're not setting boundaries because of somebody's your fear of their reaction, it's because they have benefited from your lack of boundaries in the first right. place. Yeah, that makes total sense. So they have taken you for granted essentially, yeah. and your willingness. Yeah. Are, it's pretty toxic in that respect, yeah. Right, and that person, and I never will like point fingers and be like, oh, that's a toxic person or whatever, but it's more of a, they may not know the damage right. they're doing. Exactly, yeah. So you have to protect yourself. And hurt people situations. hurt people, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes, um, big time. So really empowering people to understand what boundaries are, what it means, and why they don't want to do it yeah. is important in mental health. And that goes around all the ways. Like, um, why aren't you going to the gym? Oh, well, I had this thing and I had that thing and I had this thing, right? There's yeah. always something. Someone, why aren't you making it a priority if it's important to you? Right. Who are you letting walk all over you to not make yourself a priority? Right. What's going on? You've so got that's, to put your own match, oxygen mask on first before mm-hmm. you can help anyone else. Anyway, it, yeah. So. And we are not that type of people. Right. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that we are so connected as far as more more than any other time in human history, but we, in a lot of ways, have the least connection. We're not a community anymore. That's part of what drives those indigenous cultures to have such uh, a happy life is because they're more united as a community. They're not islands living from one family to the other family, right? They're all one community. They're saying that they're, they're, there's, like, there's connected, like, you know, just but on a surface level, exactly, yeah. right? But they're so people are so afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, in right. an indigenous community, it's vital right. to our survival. Yeah. Even right. taking care of the kids, it's not one family's job. Right. All of the families take care of all of the kids. That's when people say it takes a village, and I'm like, yeah, but you need a village that understands, and right. you need to be a part of the village that will ask for right. help because it's actually a sign of courage yeah. and bravery to yeah. ask for help rather than. But see now. Yes. Because yeah. it's not people are like, oh, you know, pull yourself up, but I got this, I'll do it, and. It's just easier if I do it because if I have to explain it, then right. whatever. There's always an excuse, and I don't mean that like in a dismissive way, but more of a um, 
it's that rat race of the society that we're yeah, trying to keep for up sure, with. Yeah. So yeah. actual intentional connection is huge. Yeah, and I think with uh, like close knit groups or families or societies, there's also like a pushback. Whereas if you are if you're going out of line or if you're doing something that doesn't seem right, someone will give you normal. that yeah, yeah. The instant feedback where yeah. now it's like fear of judgment. Yeah. Right. yeah. And if you're connected on social media and you do something right different, someone, you know, maybe they'll like go on a rant against right. you or they'll just ignore God forbid a bunch of mostly strangers have some judgments on you, right? Yeah. right. Well, it's like isn't that funny? People. Like there's that there there's fear there. Yeah, right? And there, sure. when we make a choice, there are two places we make choices from. Fear or love. Yeah. And if you make your choices out of fear, like and you're starting your thought pattern, that intent like internal thought pattern that doesn't actually come out your mouth, which is what if they don't like me? What if they reject me? What if they Yeah. Um, insert the anxious thought here, right? Right. Insert whatever here. It that is a fear thought. Right. And you will never get what you're looking for out of a fear thought. So if you choose love, right? The, the love choice is more like, I'm going to say no because I don't have the capacity to go to that event. Right. I was just, I just worked a 60 hour work, yeah. right? That's a no, no is a love word, yeah. right? Saying no is a boundary and saying so without having to explain yourself, which is saying, I just don't have the capacity right now. Uh, can't wait for the next event. Right. Can't right. wait for the next thing. I'd imagine it's more of a rational decision as well. Also. For sure. Yeah, with it's a, very thoughtful yeah. versus reactive. Yeah. So when people ask me, like, well, how do I just, you know, not be anxious, whatever, I'm like, in, in a place where you have to make a choice. You have a choice of fear or love. Always choose love. Yeah. And that can even mean love for yourself. Not, because most people think, well, I do love those people. Ah, no here right right because then you're gonna you go love with that. yourself first you gotta love yourself first you gotta pour in your own cup if you go into that event and you're already in a bad mood well, why bring it right <laughs> like yeah. why just do them all a favor and yourself and stay back yeah. it's okay i mean that's one example but that's sometimes you know we always feel like we have to take some recognition to know it won't serve you or them right? no yeah. right that's responsibility so <laughs> now uh i should I'll preface with this for this next part, uh, and I'll see if you have any experience with it. Okay. Uh, my, myself, I have found great success in leaning into, not first, of course, uh, but I have gone to uh, ayahuasca retreats. I've okay. gone to, um, I've done lots of psilocybin therapeutically, um, but when I went there, I went to the PTSD ward first, actually, and then I went with, without any, I'm using that as a tool, not as the divine healing um, plant that, that takes me there. I'm using that only as a tool, but I would never have been prepared unless I did that work before with intention and set and setting when I get there and the meditation I did leading up to it. But I, what, what I noticed, and I wouldn't I noticed amongst myself and amongst, I was there for six weeks actually, um, is that, that I would see people again like walking dead, like shallow, hollow versions of themselves. In fact, I have uh, one, a, a few people tell me something along the lines of this doesn't work, I'm going to eat a bullet, right? This is the last straw. And then what, with that, because there was a psychologist there, there was a, uh, a trained shaman and a taita who has like a, a generational pedigree of like a, the South American version of like a doctor for generations and generations, right? Mm -hmm. um, and with those trained professionals there, with those facilitators, that those, those same people, including myself, who wasn't quite that bad, 
would come out the other side of that using the ayahuasca therapeutic, and there really is no using ayahuasca recreationally, it's the nature of it, that they come out the other side absolutely baptized and reborn new people. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even short-lived because I talked to them uh, a few years later, some of them I'm still keeping contact with, and they said since that moment their life has been much, much better. Mm. But those, those same people are also ones that went there with some good intentions first. And they did the dieta, which is the, the mind-body-spirit cleansing, and then they went there properly prepared as well. Mm -hmm. um, but my, since my own experience with it, and even if you look at something like substance abuse, well, I know John Hopkins has studied this extensively, and so has Harvard, and so has a lot of the other prestigious universities, but they uh, looked in so far into the fact that even our, our, uh, our rehabs have such a dismal recidivism uh, rate, it's like 97 percent success rate so I mean sorry recidivism rate three yep. percent success rate yep. but in conjunction with uh, psilocybin is the one they've done the most studies on that they uh, have skyrocketed that up with therapy to 70 percent success rate mm -hmm. which is pretty astonishing if you think about it there's there's a lot of like you you brought up a ton of things right in there so one you went in with intention you went in with the tools yeah number one I always say to people do your research all right, do your research for sure. Number right. number two, um, when it comes to rehabs and such, they're twenty eight days. What right. do you think that twenty eight days comes from? Insurance companies. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. not something. And they will boot you as soon as the insurance runs out. You're done, right? And it's not really. I mean, they do have treatment goals and they set them up and here's your plan and do 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 do. But if there's not the work beforehand. Yeah. And maybe in those retreats, there there is a setup for making sure that that person right. has done that right. They do, a, a lot of them do. Right? They, so there's that. They'll give you the, the booklet, they'll explain you have to do this work before you get there. They, they probably will assess you right? and yep. look at you and be exactly. like, you're yep. not ready. Yeah. Right? So there's a, a level of responsibility there. Yeah. So we're, it's apples and oranges. Where it's you healing yourself, not this magic divine plant or, or, or vine healing you. You're you. doing it. Right. And yeah. yes, are you taking something? Sure. It's, um, just a, it's just a tool in the belt, though. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. You've had to have done the work beforehand. Right. Exactly. And yeah. it, that goes for anything mm -hmm. in, in mental health, anything at all. Uh, substance, um, uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, yeah. even, even books that struggle with uh, schizophrenia or any psychosis and any yeah. of those things. It really does take doing the work beforehand yeah. before we go into those big... Um, treatment modalities, right? Yeah, whatever sure, they are, yeah. whatever they are, and uh, again, always do your research. Yeah. Uh, you have to question a system that's designed on failure, like like a substance abuse, like a rehab, where they they're the reason how they make money is people uh, a revolving door of in and out. Mm -hmm. It makes me very skeptical of the system itself. Right? That's healthcare in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's right. a tough one to be in. But um, that's kind of the really cool thing about where I work at Blue Zone Health is our mission really is to revolutionize healthcare yeah. in our community. Yeah. Do, let's do it a little it. different. Yeah. Like, let's let's not do it the way every, just because it's done that way doesn't mean it's right. Right. But, sure, yeah. and it does work for some, cool. Um, but I don't subscribe to a system works for a person. What works for a person works for a yeah. person. So looking at the whole person and going, how do I make a um, plan with you yeah. collaboratively that you're going to be on board with to be able to get well? And what are your wellness goals? Yeah. And the how do I support you? Yeah. yeah, it's not about a system as far as 
what works for every single person. Right. So what works for you, what, I'm going to tell you right now, ayahuasca is not for me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's scary. It's forget. scary. Yeah. And, like, and I, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but I'm glad that there are options out there for many different people, yeah. right? And like, let's make sure that whatever we're doing um, is for the person and not a collective and hoping right. some make it, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's kind of where I go with that, right? you yeah. know? Uh, have you had many of your patients that have had experience with it themselves or not, not really? Not yet, not yet. And I think there's a level of just um, like, you did the work. Right, yeah. The, yeah. the books that are coming to me are working Are on often, work. they're far from it, right? They're working yeah. on the work, yeah. right? They're still in it. Yep, exactly. And that's one of the mistakes you can make is trying to dive too quickly into it before you've done actual work yourself. Well, and right? you did the, you know, the, the treatment facility for 10 weeks. Your job for 10 weeks was exactly was bring my mental well-being up, yeah. Right? Other folks, outpatient that I'm working with, are still running the rat race. Yeah. Exactly. It's gonna be a bit slower. You're not right. gonna see the instant whatever. Yeah. And and really um, take away all the other stimuli so you can focus. Right. Yeah. So I mean all the differences are, are there, but um, you know, no matter what, it's still you went, you could have gone in there and been in there in the ten weeks, said what you needed to say to get out, right? And right. then gone about your day. Right. Right? Yeah. But you chose to, you know, really invest yourself in it. Right. Pursue further what right. I take it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you just opened up more doors for yourself. Yeah, in that, in that for way. sure. So, yeah. yeah, it's all tied together. For sure. Physical, mental, financial. Yeah, spiritual. Spiritual, yeah. And mental. Until I'm a hunter-gatherer, financial. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you already got the look part now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You checked one big box. <laughs> the always look cool is the number one, right? <laughs> Just just box, yeah. Tell people you're yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do you think? I'm a hunter guy. Where do you live? Yes. <laughs> Whatever I need to get. Right. That would probably actually blow up on social media. <laughs> you know, uh, like the opposite of what you want. But <laughs> right. <laughs> you can get huge More. Hey, so I was walking. I told you guys to do this, but I was walking barefoot all the time when I did the bike uh, backpacking in Washington. I went barefoot all through the mountains, and uh, my friend who went with me, he was debt to the gills and every piece of hiking equipment known to man. He had everything, and then I would either be in front of him or right behind him, and I had I was just mostly naked. I had small little shorts on like this, uh, and barefoot with not, not a shirt on or anything. And I would drink some water out of streams, even. Like, uh, and then so he would, when we would pass people, he would sometimes tell the joke, I just found this guy out in the woods that he'd been wandering around for two or three years. Yeti. And, they, and, they, and they believed <laughs> They were like, what? No way. <laughs> I just found this mountain Yeti out there and thought I'd bring him along. And there was like Yeti stuff. Oh, oh my like goodness. Yeti sightings, whatever. Yeah. That's... Oh, he doesn't speak English pretty correctly. Right, I <laughs> can do some pretty cool grunts. Right? Cool <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, that's yeah. awesome. Laughter is the best medicine. Always yeah. have yeah. an <laughs> some way of release, and I'm sure you guys yeah. probably say it in what you do. Where mm-hmm. if you're feeling tense, where's your release? And if it's here, perfect. If yeah. you can't get here, laughter, cry, scream, mm-hmm. uh, go chop wood. I love that. Yeah. Like, 
Um, like dig, do something with your body. Get yeah. rid of that tension so that you're not taking it out on the person that's in front of you right. or yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Oh, we covered a whole lot. Yeah, we yeah. did. Always. Yeah. Pretty rousing. We slumped it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it always like. <laughs> it's like a tornado. Is yeah. that like, whoop, yeah. and then you're gone? Like uh, when you spend something on the Yeah. So cool. thank you, Sarah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Out. Where can people find you and all that stuff? Absolutely. So bluezonehealthnh.com. Um, you go there and um, look on our website. There's mental health services. There's a profile there for me. Um, phone number to reach us at um, is... 603-880-4150, uh, you can just call, talk to us, ask questions. Um, there's myself and one other therapist there actually, and he actually works with teens, young adults, um, kids, and adults, um, but that's been a huge push is like getting uh, getting kids the support they need before it's really dire, right? Yeah. Um, and so any 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 issues in that way we're actually right off of exit five in Nashville, New Hampshire. So um yeah, heck just walk in the door. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't in, legit yeah. well well like walk in and like I will chat with anyone. All you need is a tattoo parlor in there too, then we can cover everything, right? For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. If I could have like um and we have like a whole bunch of things there too, like acu acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractors, PCP. Um, and then myself. Uh, so really, honestly, how do we treat the whole body? Yeah. We also have a community garden. How do you feed your body? Like this is our oh, cool. goal. Like, and in the community garden, how do you teach people to nourish themselves? Right. How do you become a gatherer? How do you grow your own? Yeah, garden? that's really cool. Actually, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty neat little community. How big is your garden? It's no. pretty big. Is it? Wow. <laughs> like, for in so people like, just pay us for them out like right next to the highway yeah. next to the the, the um, school. The school oh, like, you used yeah. to see it. It's right pretty. Now. It's pretty substantial. No, um, it's literally a community garden, as in you go and you help out, weed, plant, um, harvest, prune, yeah. take care. Like, and if you're there and you're working and you need some cucumbers for dinner, oh, grab wow. some. That's a really good idea. Like it's like a it. community. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you know. We, there is a Facebook, um, you can find us on Facebook, and then there's a community garden Facebook um, also where uh, you know we post when we're gonna be there, what we're doing, here's some recipes that we made from our garden this week, like wow. cool stuff. So yeah. really um, supporting the whole community yeah. um, from there. So yeah, uh, check out our website. I love it. Um, and give us a call if you have any questions, really, and then or just stop by. We're all, we're always there. <laughs> yeah. May not may not be able to get you in like for mental health that day. Yeah. But we could definitely. We'll get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah, and you know we do this thing in the mental health, which I feel like I might want. I, I need to say, we are really trying to destigmatize mental health. For sure. So yeah. in in the system, which we already talked about, you call, they say you're on a wait list. We can get you in, but it's a few months out or whatever. Um, or no, sorry, call somewhere else, right? right? <clears throat> so uh, what I've kind of brought into is um, we'd love to talk to you. Why don't you come in for 15 minutes and make sure it vibes? I don't want you spending $100, $200 on a first appointment, not really sure if you like the person right. who's sitting in front of you, because I know I'm not for everybody. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I would much rather them get a chance to say no rather than have a financial burden and investment in it. Right. And then not get what they need out of it. Yeah. 
So we do like a 15 minute meet and greet. What are you looking to do? Here's my modality. Does that work with you? Right. Done. Um, and then they can decide, they can sit on it if they want to make an appointment. That's or actually a really good idea. Get mm-hmm. rid of the fear because I know after five or six phone calls to a mental health place right. um, and constantly hearing that rejection, you get pretty yeah, down and stressed out. out, mental health deteriorates. Right. Oh, yeah. isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So really making sure that um, people don't feel judged when they walk in or that they're going to be turned away and yeah. how do we work with you and get your goals met. So. Um, yeah, if anybody is just not really sure, they're on the fence, whatever, a meet and greet is a really great way to get your foot in and not fear, be so afraid. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you for coming. I'm going to bite some dust. <laughs>